0: Welcome back to Good Monsters. My name is Cody Lawrence. This is episode 23, Pearls, Idols, and Righteous Mockery. If you are just tuning in or if you've been listening to us for a while, thank you so much for listening. Do me a favor and head over to the YouTube channel and give the show a subscribe. The link is in the show notes. Good Monsters on YouTube. And do this no matter where you listen, if it's on YouTube or Spotify or Apple Podcasts or somewhere else. I'm trying to get more reach on the YouTube channel, and a subscribe is the best way to help me do that. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for this episode of Good Monsters. idols and righteous mockery Uh, I wanted to talk briefly about something that has been on my mind recently and uh, I think I'm on to something I haven't heard very many people talk about this in particular and uh, and I think I have something valuable to offer here in this episode hopefully I do in every episode but uh, (laughs) with with this um, uh, semi-novel Concept of uh, righteous mockery, um, at at least from what I have heard, uh, I think it's I think it's pretty valuable. So you should um, you should listen up. So any Christian should be able to see how ridiculous our culture is becoming in America, uh, but also the West as a whole. I think America is catching up to other countries in the West in a lot of negative ways. And I also think that we are blazing the trail of ridiculousness in a lot of ways as well. And these are not good things. I think the the progressivism of Western culture is getting the better of rationality and religion. And it is showing, especially in these recent days, especially in America. And I just wanted to lay that groundwork because the The righteous mockery and the the pearls idea and the idols chat kind of builds on this idea that our culture is, um, hopefully, if you're a Christian, you can see this happening very clearly, that things are moving not only in this negative direction, but they're moving in this direction very quickly. So what do I mean by that? Uh, I think our culture... Over the past couple of decades, uh, or or really probably a lot longer, but especially more blatantly, especially for young people like me, uh, just in my short lifetime, I have seen our culture value these things I'm about to mention far more than they used to. And just to name a few these things are relativism, that truth and morality depend not upon the action itself but upon the the person doing the action. And a lot of these ideas overlap. Um, There's postmodernism, that there's no truth. There's uh, this this idea of hyper-individuality, that the individual is the most important thing in the world. Uh, But not only that the individual is the most important thing, but me, I am the most important thing, even over other people. So if, if I disagree with somebody else, my opinions always take precedence. And also secularism. Uh, the idea that there's no God, there's no ground for truth, and no ground for anything else. There's no lawgiver. There's no judge. I am the ground for truth. I am the ground for law. I am the judge of my own actions. And um, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, ultimately. And... This all, I think, is rooted ultimately in a denial of truth. I think our culture progressively over the past couple of decades has denied truth uh, more and more, has been like chasing the denial of truth. Uh, Of course, the denying truth and people who who uh, pursue the denial of truth as a value have been around for a very long time. But I think uh, this, this idea, the denial of truth, the, uh, and, and on top of that, the idea that truth doesn't even exist or that truth is subjective or there's my truth and there's your truth. This is all nonsense. And this is what is moving our culture in these negative directions ultimately. And so uh, I want to show you how this is manifesting itself with three examples and then I want to talk about the biblical uh, a biblical solution to these things a biblical solution that we might not often think of but I think is very effective if not the most effective response to these kinds of things uh, depending on the situation so here are some examples of, uh, of these, this relativism, hyper-individuality, postmodernism, modernism secular, secularism manifesting itself in our culture now. Uh, you might have heard of a viral TikTok video going around of somebody calling himself a pastor, presumably of Christianity, talking about how Jesus was a racist. Now, I haven't looked into this much and I don't really care to and uh, this, is, this is one of my points that I don't think ultimately if uh, if something so ridiculous, like something that it so blatantly fa- flies in the face of reality comes out, we shouldn't be very concerned with it. But anyway, if you haven't seen this, you could just look up... Uh, Jesus is a racist, and you'll find this video, there have been a lot of Christian commentators uh, talking about this and breaking down the argument and doing proper exegesis, which this guy is not doing, and explaining why, in fact, the verse that the that the uh, quote-unquote pastor, he this man is not a pastor, but the, the quote-unquote pastor is referencing this passage, and a lot of people are breaking it down, so if you're actually curious about those things you can you can go look that up but um that's not my point here with this one with this one video in particular. Uh this argument that he's making that Jesus is a racist is not prevalent. People do not widely believe this. This is absolute nonsense. The first time I saw this video and this is exactly the same kind of response that a lot of the Christians that I follow are are uh, are having whenever they also saw this video, it's shock. Like how, how could anybody come to this conclusion if they're Christian or not? (laughs) Uh, Much less that this guy calls himself a pastor. He, uh, you know, like I said, I haven't done much research on this. Not that I even want to, it's not even necessary because of the ridiculousness of this. But if someone who calls themselves a pastor, uh, that means that they are attempting to preach Christianity and Christianity is the teachings of the Bible. The Old and New Testament uh, revealed as the word of God that Christians believe. And, um, and Jesus Christ is the, the central figure who we follow as Christians. Pretty straightforward. So if you're a pastor, you need to teach these basic things Salvation through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but this guy is teaching that Jesus, the Son of God, who is fully God and fully man and perfect, uh, is a racist. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Uh, this guy who's calling himself a uh, self a pastor, who is supposed to be following and also imitating Christ. Uh, believes Jesus is a racist, which which tells me that if this guy follows and is trying to imitate a racist, he is also racist. Uh, and, and so, hopefully, you can immediately see that this video's existence is a contradiction. It self-destructs. It, it takes zero analysis. We can break down his arguments. We can open our Bibles and go through the the exegesis of the passage. We can try to interpret it properly, which he is not doing whatsoever. And we could try to break down the argument. But why? Why would we waste our time with that? Unless we're curious. But to me, the response that we should have to this is is not taking it seriously. We should not take this seriously uh, just because of the ridiculousness of it all. It's nonsense. Jesus is a racist. What? (laughs) Uh, So this is, this is, like I said, it's not a prevalent argument even now. Now, if a lot of people started believing that Jesus was a racist, if this was a really common belief, you know, we as Christians ought to uh, be ready to defend it. I think we ought to be aware that these things are being said. And maybe that these things will be said more often in the future. And we should be ready to defend against it as a result. But right now, this argument is a single weed in a freshly mowed field. This this is why this video became viral. Because it is so outrageous and ridiculous. If everybody were saying this, this video wouldn't have been popular at all. It is so outrageous and ridiculous that everybody started sharing it around. And like, look at this bozo and the nonsense he's spewing. It's crazy. (laughs) So... It's a single weed in a freshly mowed field. It's not worth getting the mower back out, cranking the pull string and spending gas to trim it down to match the rest of the lawn. That's my point. Let's look at another example. A big chunk of people, a big chunk of people, get ready for this. Believe, and this is true, that it's intolerant, bigoted, immoral, and any other assortment of negative adjectives, that if you are a man who is attracted to females, but you are not attracted to males pretending to be females, then it is bigoted, immoral, whatever. If you're a man who's attracted to females, if you're a straight man, but you are not attracted to, to, uh, as in trans males or, or trans females, whatever they're called, who knows, men, biological men, who are pretending to be women whatever you call them they're called men if you're a man and you're not attracted to men you are a bigot just because those men are pretending to be women it it's 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 nonsense it is outrageous the fact that this that people actually believe these things demonstrates the Uh, the the fact that these people are running away from truth as fast as they can. (laughs) This makes no sense. (laughs) So if you are accused of this, for example, if you're a man or a woman and you're attracted to men, but you're not attracted to uh, women pretending to be men, so it goes both ways, the response may not be to try to pull out your Bible, some biology textbooks, some philosophy textbooks, and the DSM from a few years back, back when it had gender dysphoria as a mental illness, uh, and sit down and try to have a reasonable conversation with these people. That's probably not the proper response because there is no reasonable conversation to be had with these people. Now, now bear with me. You're saying, What? You might be thinking, what? The, you're saying that we should just say, screw these people and ignore them. They're not worth our time. Uh, just just bear with me. I think there is a biblical foundation for this. I think we need to be discerning in the conversations we have and in the energy that we spend on certain things, which is why I myself am spending time on this topic and and not spending time talking about if Jesus is actually a racist or not. <laughs> Third example. Third example, an even bigger chunk of people than in the second example believe that it's wrong to say blatantly true and obvious and foundationally necessary things to the functioning of the universe, like A equals A. Something is itself. That is one of the laws of logic. Without this law, without things being themselves, Uh, This might sound weird to you. Like, well, obviously, yeah, A equals A. What? (laughs) Well, get this. Boys are boys. Oh, you can see how that would be offensive to some people. Saying boys are boys and boys are not girls. A equals A. A does not equal B. Under no circumstances is a boy also a girl. They are a boy. (laughs) Girls are also girls. Girls girls are not boys. What a uh, what an amazing concept this is. But uh sometimes the having these conversations can be worth our time depending on the context. Like it seems to me that the people who are more worth spending time on are the people who maybe kind of disagree but they're not sure why or maybe they they're like, ah, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't like this stuff, and maybe you're one of them. And if you're one of them, I, I urge you to think about the the truth of these things and to pursue truth above emotion and feelings, because your feelings don't matter, not at all. It, your feelings do not affect the truth, and the truth is the most important thing. And uh, and God is truth, by the way. So if your feelings are more important than truth, then you're creating an idol of yourself. And here's where the idols come in. We'll talk more about that. But the idea is we are living in upside down world. This is, this is not reality that these people who say these things are living in. They do not live in reality, but us as Christians, we need to live in reality. And the fact is, they, even though they don't believe they live in reality, they also live in reality. (laughs) And so when, when people so blatantly deny truth, it's like, we're not even playing the same game. You know, you could invite them in to have a reasonable conversation, but a reasonable conversation is probably not going to be had. They're going to kick and bite and cheat. And you know, they're going to, make up their own rules to the game and you're going to lose because you're trying to play fair with a reasonable conversation with truth but they don't care about truth because that's just your truth and their truth is more valuable because they have built up an idol of themselves and their opinions so here's the the verse that creates the principle for this discussion Matthew Do not give what is holy to dogs and do not throw your pearls before swine, or they will trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Now, this, like I said before, takes discernment. We need to be able to discern which situations are not worth our time and which situations are. I'm not saying every single person who at the current moment believes that, that, uh, a trans whatever lifestyle is of totally valid option if they're Christian or not that you should just totally ignore them I'm not saying that because these people need to be saved just like everybody else Uh, but often I think if like I said before if somebody is living in this fantasy world uh, it it is very likely that you will crack open your Bible and you will read to them uh, that you know, God created man and woman in his image. This is the way God intended the world. And they will take that and they will say, well, you're a you're a bigot. You hate women. You That's not loving, you know, and they'll take the Bible. They will take the word of God that you give them in truth and in love, and they will trample it under their feet. And so if you predict that happening, uh, you do not waste your time on these people. But I do not always think that ignoring is the best option. So, for example, I'm I'm having this conversation right here. I'm I'm not uh, I'm not being hypocritical in creating this podcast to tell you you should ignore things like this because I'm obviously not ignoring them, <laughs> and I don't think we should ignore them. I think there are situations where they should be ignored, but I have a better solution, and I also think it's a biblical solution. And here it is. I'll give you another example from scripture of a response that the prophet Elijah had to people who were living in upside down world. And here it is. So Elijah was uh, in this competition with these people who worshiped the god Baal. And they were trying to determine whose god's better. And obviously, Elijah knew that his god was better. And he also probably had the idea that you know baal not only is he nothing compared to the god of the bible but he doesn't even exist and so elijah doesn't only say look let me let me have god show you a miracle and that'll prove to you that god exists he doesn't only do that he ridicules them he mocks them in one of the the most funny passages that i have read in scripture and here it is it's first kings Eighteen twenty-seven. So right before this, Elijah is saying, "Cry out to your God, and have him, uh, have him answer you, have him do this this thing that you're asking him to do." And what he says is in eighteen twenty-seven. Elijah mocked them, saying, "Cry aloud, for he is a god. Maybe he's meditating, or maybe he's relieving himself, or maybe he's out of the office." Or maybe he's asleep and you need to wake him up. And he's mocking them because, you know, they're crying out to Baal. They're doing this ritual of theirs. And there's no answer because Baal doesn't exist. But Elijah doesn't have a sit-down conversation and pull out his philosophy books and say, well, actually, uh, it, it doesn't quite make sense to believe that all of these gods exist and that they all have power over these individual territories but it's far more rational to believe that there's one god that created the entire universe. He doesn't have that conversation. He says, "Cry out to to your god and see if there's an answer." "Oh, excuse me, I don't hear anything. Why don't you cry louder? Maybe he's in the bathroom." Elijah literally uses bathroom humor and it's hilarious. So anyway, you get the point. I think when people who are progressives, who are postmodernists, who are um th- who value this hyper individuality like I am the most important thing in the universe. My opinions are the most important thing in the universe. My truth over anybody else's truth. Um what they are doing is they are building up an idol of themselves and their opinions. And Christians are not supposed to respect idols. <gasps> but what if the idol is a person? Well so <laughs> then I, I don't know. I don't I don't think we respect that. I, we can respect that they have the image of God inside of them and we can love them but to to show respect to someone's opinions, if they are creating an idol out of them to me is nonsense and I don't think it's biblical and as far as I know there's not any verse that says thou shalt respect thy neighbor I don't know it's love and I think we can show love without respecting people's stupid ideas and so I think here's what we do we treat their idols like Elijah treated the the prophets of Baal idols We make fun of them. Inappropriate situations. I think we don't just constantly make fun of people if, if they say something that we think is ridiculous. That's not the right answer. But I think mockery is an effective tool in our toolbox sometimes. And I think to a lot of Christians, mockery might sound like something they really want to avoid but consider this if we have that rational sit-down conversation with people we demonstrate to them we care about what they have to say which we shouldn't we should not care anything at all about what they have to say because their opinions don't matter what matters is the truth we should be willing to listen to them and to meet their points with with truth but it doesn't mean that what they say has any value whatsoever So one option is to sit down and try to have a reasonable conversation with these people if the opportunity ever comes up. But what is most likely going to happen is that they will trample the truth you give them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces with your own words. So that's probably not a good idea. The other option is to ignore them. We could ignore them, uh, but I don't think that's good either because ignoring them you're not really giving them anything to consider now by trying to have a rational conversation with them you are giving them something to consider but you're giving them something to consider in such a way that they probably won't even consider it and they will hurt you with it and Jesus himself says don't give what is holy to dogs don't just don't don't do that it's not a good idea so my proposal is if somebody is living in upside down world If they believe that they do not live in the reality that currently exists, we make fun of them. We ridicule them lovingly, but in a way that shows them, not only do we not approve of what they're saying, which is what the, the sitting down and having a reasonable conversation would accomplish, but also, uh, we don't, we don't care. Not only do we disagree with them, but we don't care. They're wrong. (laughs) And this is so effective, especially in this context where people are building up themselves and their own opinions as idols. Think about what that means. It means that they value themselves as the supreme being in the universe. Myself and the thoughts that come out of my head are the most valuable things that exist. And if you go to them and you say, I don't care what you think. In fact, you're living in fantasy land. What is this, clown world? (laughs) You are showing them that in fact, their supremely important and valuable thoughts, they don't actually matter at all. They're not actually supreme in the universe. And you are showing them that, well, there's something else more important than you. The last part of this podcast, I would like to give a very brief uh, book recommendation. It's a book called A Serrated Edge, A Brief Defense of Biblical Satire and Trinitarian Skylarking. It's a book by a wonderful teacher named Douglas Wilson. And I read it recently and it ties in very closely with this episode of the podcast, which is why I wanted to give a a brief review and recommendation of the book. It is uh, about the, the satire that exists in the Bible. And it, it actually broadened my definition of satire. I thought satire was a primarily literary thing, but Doug does a wonderful job at convincing the reader that satire includes things like sarcasm and insults and mockery and, and all kinds of other things that the biblical authors and the people in the Bible used effectively, just like Elijah with the prophets of Baal, to show the glory of God, to show that God is great and to break down idols. And because that is a tool in our toolbox and we are supposed to be imitating Christ, we need to be able at least to utilize satire in our own lives. Uh, It's a really good book. I highly recommend reading it if you liked the content of this episode or even if you didn't like or didn't agree with the content of this episode. He does a much better job at arguing for the, the necessary use of biblical satire than I do. So go check it out. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Good Monsters. I will catch you next time.